Simplicity is an interesting idea, um, is an interesting uh, Christian discipline. I think a lot of times we think of simplicity. I think of simplicity, I think of like the Amish or Mennonites or, or, or people who have kind of rejected society or the world as a whole. But what does the word simple, simple mean? What does it mean to, to live simply? Um, we don't really live in a country or in a, in a society that loves simplicity. Um, psychologists have done a lot of research on how our culture begins to have a huge effect on our dreams, our goals in life, even when we're really young, you know, and one of those examples for, you know, for example, is that we don't, you don't see a lot of movies that are um, riches to rags stories. You have a lot of rags to riches stories. Um, and that's something that we all love and all we all want is, oh, this guy was poor and he's rich now. We have game shows where people go on to win more money. We don't have game shows where rich people go on to lose money um, or to give away money. Like if you get the question right, maybe the rich person could give away money to the poor or something. We don't have those. Um, and so very much in our fabric, our DNA is, is, is more, is, is greed, is um, desire, is, is being able to achieve different things. And so simplicity is very uh, opposite, uh, very antithetical to kind of what what we normally want as people, and uh, we're going to read Matthew chapter six uh, about this idea of simplicity. If you can hop over there, actually, um, Matthew chapter six. Um, actually, once I was uh, I was in a Greek class uh, at Virginia Tech, and I didn't do my homework, which is a bad example um, to the kids out there. Um, let it be said that I was in the wrong, and I should have done my homework. We were supposed to translate Matthew six about the lilies of the field. And, it, and so the teacher was, professor was going by one by one about what, how we interpreted each word. And he was like, so the lilies of the field, they do not droop. And it was my turn. And because I've heard the scripture so much, I just said, labor or spin. And uh, the professor was like, interesting translation. I like it, I like it. So we'll go with that, we'll go with that. But um, so I always, whenever I think of this passage, I think about how, amen, like memory scripture as a kid, it really came in handy there in Greek class. Uh, in college. But lilies of the field, that had almost nothing to do with my point. But Matthew chapter 6, um, verse 25, a lot of our favorite verses, this is one of our favorite verses for many of us. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't labor or sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his or her life? And why do you worry about clothes? See the lilies of the field. Look at how they grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, uh, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day is enough trouble, enough trouble of its own. And so a lot of times with verses like this, Jesus, Jesus attacks um, anxiety, worry, and, and connection to materialism of his day. Jesus talks a ton about materialism. And if he did that in an ancient Jewish culture, I think he might do it today um, in our culture, maybe even all the more. 
But have you ever read, there's certain verses that are interesting in the Bible, like 1 Corinthians 5, that talks about what type of person to disfellowship from the church. And it says the immoral person, but also the greedy person. And you can kind of scratch your head and go, the greedy person? You're supposed to disfellowship the greedy person? Or even Ephesians 5, that says, let there not be a hint of sexual immorality. But a lot of us quote that verse and then stop right there. The next thing is, don't actually have any hint of greed, um, which is idolatry in the church. And, and simplicity really is the opposite of greed. Um, you've ever heard the expression, usually the simplest answer is the correct one. I think greed in its essence is just, it's coveting, it's desiring. And a lot of times, many of us, we're so tangled up in things we want, things we desire, that we can have anxiety. We want to look like good parents and we have anxiety about that. We want to look like good workers, and we have anxiety about that. We want to look, we want to look a certain way. We want to drive a certain car. We want to give off a certain impression. We want to, all these things we want, we desire, uh, can cause us to, to, to not have an inner, a peace. And there's kind of two different ways to look at simplicity. One is the outward adornment, one is the inner. We're gonna kind of focus on the inner, the inner mentality of uh, simplicity tonight. There's a great verse in John 2, that says, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people. He did not need anyone to testify about man for he knew what was in man. And I love this verse about Jesus who didn't entrust himself to people because he knew what was in a man. And I think a lot of times the idea of simplicity is, is being able to be simple in what we pursue. That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6, right? He says, don't worry about what you will eat, what you will wear. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about all these desires. Just be simple in your priorities. First things first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You'll be okay. Those other desires will be fine if you seek first his kingdom. Now, what does that mean? Oh, Drew, you're telling me I got to go to church, and then I won't be anxious anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, Drew, you're saying read your Bible and pray every day, then I won't be anxious anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, I got to preach the gospel every day. Then I won't be anxious anymore. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what, that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It is a matter of priority. The person who seeks his kingdom but doesn't seek it first is not seeking first the kingdom at all and not, not seeking the kingdom at all in any way. And so it's, it's really a, an inner disposition of what is our greatest concern. And if our greatest concern throughout the day is God's kingdom, I think it's amazing how we'll actually, it will simplify our goals. It will simplify our motives. It will simplify our purposes. And then material things and connections and per perceptions of us don't matter quite so much anymore. Um, did you want to share here or later? Um, I'm going to dive into the three things. Uh, <laughs> Just grab my leg. Okay. <laughs> grab my leg when you want to interrupt me. So there's three inner realities, and these are the three things we'll talk about in our groups. But there's three inner realities that will help us be able to really know if we have the discipline of simplicity. Because the trap, the trap is, is that we go, oh, simplicity, I'll just sell everything I have. Or simplicity, I'll just get rid of my new car and drive an old car. But you, you can be, um, like it's not asceticism, you can get rid of things but still not live simply. In, in that you don't have a simple purpose. But the first inner reality is that we have to know and believe that we have, what we have, we receive as a gift. And this is especially true in times like this. 
All it takes is a drought or a famine or an outbreak of a virus to realize how dependent we really are. And the things that God's given us, the kids, our kids and our responsibilities and all that we have is a gift. If we view it that way, of this has been given to me, we'll be able to live simply. Um, The second thing um, is what we have is to be cared for by God. You know, there's a great quote in the book by Foster about simplicity that says, uh, the, the second reality is not so much that we don't take precaution. It's not that we all don't lock our doors at night. No, we lock our doors because it's a precaution. But this inner reality is the fact that precaution will never be 100% foolproof, that we cannot save ourselves or protect ourselves 100%. We can lock the doors. We can, we can be really responsible when it comes to COVID-19, but we cannot stop. We cannot make ourselves 100% foolproof from, from, from the virus. From We can't 100% burglar-proof our house, no matter how many systems we have. No matter how rich we are, how many you know helicopters we fly in, as Kobe, the richest guy, I mean, you can have a pilot, you can have, but you cannot, we are not immortal. We are not able to perfectly protect everything. And we've got to realize that not only is what we have a gift from God, but what we have, we have to allow God to take care of it. You know what I mean? We have to allow God to protect. Uh, we can't try to replace God and, and just protect our kids and do everything right and do everything perfect. We can take precautions, but we will never be able to 100% protect. We have to let God do the protecting. And then the third thing is to realize that what we have is available to others. Um, Foster says, when, uh, if we believe that what we have is ours, then we, we're, we have stolen goods. Um, it's, it's, it's not, nothing is really ours. What, really viewing what we have is, is, is available to anyone. Anyone in the church, there are people in the church who've been let go and don't have jobs or are on furlough or who need help right now. And the temptation is to shrink back, to pull back, to give less, to just protect our own. But I, I wonder, I wonder um, how much of the example of the church in Acts and that they had everything in common. Um, I, I wonder if sometimes we pull back out of fear um, and not really out of necessarily rationale. Um, but what we, are we giving what we have to allow others to be able to, to be able to be okay and be able to have, um, to be able to have what they need. And so I thought tonight we can just talk about these three things. One, um, what we have, we receive as a gift. Do we believe that? Um, and so, you know, number two, what we have is cared for by God. And number three, it's available to others. I think the challenge tonight with simplicity is that it has to be a desire that when we wake up, uh, in the morning, we have a simple desire to seek first his kingdom. Uh, we, we just want to please God. Anything we do, we want to please God. And when you, are, when you simplify that, it's amazing how anxiety uh, evaporates. And a good indicator is if you feel anxiety in your life, you are not living simply. You're not. You have desires. You have coveting. You have, an, a com- you have complex uh, interests in all these things. I want to be a good mom or a good engineer. I don't want to be mom shamed. I don't want to be dad shamed. I, I want to be, I want to be wealthy. I want to be sharp. I want my kids. I want my, I want to do this, to do that. I, my marriage, I, we want so many things, but we got to remember what Jesus said. Jesus didn't entrust himself to people because he knew what was in people. He entrusted himself to God. And we got to remember too, that, that, 
Jesus in a time when it could have been so easy, I think, to have a complex theological position of his time on earth. Jesus lived simply. He had one purpose, and that was to seek first God's kingdom. And sometimes that was to preach. Sometimes it was to heal. Sometimes it was to fast. Sometimes it was to feast. And so I think that this is a challenge for us as a church to, to be able to gain an, an inner simplicity and inner tranquility that, that is driven from scripture. And it's, it's, it's driven from Jesus. And to remember that what's inspired us about Jesus, by the way, is that he's not like our community. He's not like our society. Jesus was riches to rags. He's the only successful rat riches to rags story in the history of the world, right? He's the opposite of Rocky, right? He's, he's the opposite of, of, of the karate kid and all these people who went from nothing to something. Jesus went from something to nothing. And he did it because he simply wanted to please God. And when we can live simply, we can live radically and we can live faithfully. And so tonight, I hope we can have a chance to talk through some of these these things. A great hymn, we can sing it someday, um, but is, is, is uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand. And, and simplicity just simply gives us a place to stand. Uh, simplicity gives us firm ground to stand on. When we can make first things first, simplicity gives us a place to stand. And the hymn says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every nigh and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so I pray tonight we can find out what is the sinking sand um, that, we, that we've sta been standing on. And how can we follow in Christ's footsteps, live simply, live peacefully, and seek first the kingdom and his righteousness? Uh, and so the questions, yeah, Jenny. Oh, she's ready now. Okay. She touched my leg. <laughs> I wasn't prepared the first time. Um, in the timing. Card off guard. That's my fault. Um, I think that this time can be um, a fearful time. I think we've talked about that. And um, it's all over the news and apparent. Um, I think, you know, it's easy to want to hoard in this time. It's easy to feel frustrated at those who are hoarding. <laughs> um, it's, it's all different kinds of feelings we might have out of this fear and this reaction. But I think the hoarding is just an example of, of this lack of simplicity in the world. Um, and I think for me, um, it's, it's actually kind of felt like the opposite. I think I feel like being at home has allowed, yes, I actually think we've been doing a lot more probably than we had before all of this happened, um, honestly. But I think at the same time, it's also allowed for everything else to be kind of cut out. There's no like driving here to there. There's no like all these other things that can be distractions, even like going to the gym where I use as a place to like meet people. And I miss that. Um, like I, I st like everything's kind of just cleared away and I'm able to, I feel like I've had a more clear thinking than I have in a very long time because I've been able to 
pray more quickly through things and I'm not just heading from one thing to another. And, and so I think what Drew was sharing about, like, we have to have a, a God centered heart and desire. And that really comes from putting these disciplines into practice. Like we choosing when we are faced, I'm overwhelmed. Am I just going to go watch TV and binge on Netflix or do something that I can control to make me feel better? Or will I pray about it? Like, and I, and I face that decision, <laughs> I feel like all the time, you know, but being able to choose, no, I'm going to fight for that time with God. And I, like, that is my conviction. I, I see my heart and my mind transforming in that. Um, but also something that was, um, convicting, I guess, looking even at like what Foster says about simplicity. But what hit me was that simplicity is not like detaching from all of these things because we, we are very fortunate, all of us. Um, and, and we do have things and maybe you don't feel like you do. And maybe you're going through a very hard time, um, financially or with jobs, but I think it's not getting rid of everything that makes it about, like, that makes simplicity simplicity. It, it's really changing our perspective about it. And so I think this is a different um, discipline. But I think in this time, wherever we're at and whatever we're going through, using it as a time of gratitude, um, not thinking of, like, what do we not have? Oh, my gosh, I don't have Clorox wipes. Like, <laughs> every time at Costco, they're always out. Like, thinking of, like, they don't, I don't have this or that, or I need this to be happy. But thinking really, like, what do you have? And Because it's from God, and how can we be grateful for each of those things? So I think that that's something I've been focusing on, of just, let's just be grateful, like, constantly praying through the things that I'm grateful for in this time because we truly have so much um and no one should be in need or, or want and if there's people who need things we we are a family and we will help each other through this time yeah, yeah I think uh we all need the daily challenge to to live simply and a lot of us yeah don't have as much time as as others or even before this we have less time than we did before but Foster is pretty funny in his book. I do encourage people to buy the book if you like, The Celebration of Discipline by Foster. He says, none of these disciplines are available to people who have time. They're available to people who think that these disciplines are worthy of their time. And so I, I think that's something that to take from this is, is the, all these things will just have to be that they begin with us really believing that they're worthy. But simplicity is a cool one. I think we all deeply desire it. And it's, um, it's easy to be tricked by simplicity and think, oh, He's go, you know, going out and living in the woods. He must be living simply, you know, but it's not, you can, you can get rid of all your possessions and still be very greedy or, or not be living simply. So we're going to uh, break up into breakout rooms um, for about 10 minutes. So we can discuss all broadcast the questions in case you miss them. But I encourage you, unmute yourself, throw, put, turn your um, camera on. It's nice to see each other if we can. Um, and let's just have some great discussion and, um, and connection. Uh, and so, so we'll do that for 10 minutes. We'll come back and, uh, and we'll close out. So. Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is Will Portillo. And if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or connect with us on Facebook at Blue Ridge Church of Christ. Visit us on YouTube and subscribe for weekly sermons, encouraging news, and short devotionals. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.